Good morning. Happy Monday, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Amy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, August 27th, and today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are at page 13 in Bill's story, the last paragraph that starts with my friend Promise. Today's readers are Cheryl P., Penny E., Fran, Judy B., Beverly, and Sarah. Thank you very much. And the reference number for the awesome speakers meeting yesterday was 2915. And then the pound sign, 2915. And that was the special presentation from Sunday, yesterday. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. The meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. OA's sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Beverly to read the 12 steps, please. Good morning. My name is Beverly, and I am a compulsive overeater. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Beverly. I will now call on Sarah to read the 12 traditions, please. Good morning, everyone. Um, 
12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AAOA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, AA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Sarah. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read, we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop on share and what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in Bill's story on page 13, the bottom paragraph that starts with, My Friend Promise. I will ask Carol P. to please start us off. Thank you, Amy. It's Carol P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. My friend promised when these things were done I would enter upon a new relationship with my Creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. Simple, but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of Light who presides over us all. And I just wanted to comment on the first sentence. Uh, this pr- 
promise. It's a promise, not, well, I hope this will happen. It's a promise when these things were done. I was going to have a new relationship with my creator. The one I had before wasn't working. Um, you know, I was the one in charge. And I found out in step one that, uh, you know, lack of uh, power was my problem. This relationship with uh, my creator, I was not going to be in control of that. Um, and that I would have the elements, um, you know, he did the action steps before, uh, the elements, steps 10, 11, and 12. You're going to have these steps uh, to deal with life, everyday living, which answered all my problems, not just some. I thought it was just the food, just the weight. I couldn't wear the clothes I wanted to wear. I looked horrible. I thought it was just that. It wasn't. And um, this program, uh, Connection with the Higher Power, um, answers all my problems, not just some. And I have definitely found that to be true in my life, and I'm very, very grateful. Thank you for allowing me to share. Pass. Thank you, Carol. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Press star one to unmute. This is Sarah. Can I share? Yes, Sarah. Go ahead. Good morning. This is Sarah, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I just... Um, this paragraph stands out so much to me because I remember when I was when I first um, was doing the steps after being in program, you know, for a while, and I had and my sponsor had told me that I was going to have every excuse not to do step four, and everything was going to get in my way, and I and and I remember saying like, you know, well, I just I have this problem and I have that problem. I have a problem with this kid and a problem with that kid. I have like all these problems that I don't I don't have time. I can't do it and. And I need to, you know, and I was finding all these other solutions to my problems except for the one that was staring me in the face. And, you know, and and my sponsor said to me, you know, you'd be amazed if you just sit down and do the work. You'd be amazed at how doing this work will solve all your problems. And some of those problems that you're so busy with will just go away. And... I did not believe. I did not believe. I was like, well, you know, I, but it, it struck a chord in me, struck a chord in me. And and as I read this, and it's it's amazing, and, you know, some of those problems still exist, but my relationship to those problems is completely, 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 100% on a different footing. And um, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator that, I would element I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all of my problems. Belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. So it's not it wasn't and, and this is really so important and what I used to think is that I needed to just establish that relationship that I needed to learn how to create that relationship and then I would just have it. But it's not true. That's a relationship that needs to be maintained like every other relationship. And God needs to be as real to me as my sponsor and has to be as and, – and this is what – it's allowed me to recognize is how limited my belief really, really was. Even though I always believed myself a believer in God, but did I really believe that God could solve all of my problems? All of my problems. I came into OA thinking he would solve my compulsive overeating, but I didn't think he would solve the problems that drove me into the cabinet. 
And what I've come away with is such a, such an enormous, tremendous. It's it's trans it's a transformation. It's a whole transformation of thinking of relating to the world, relating to God, and and what's so. Um, it's just enough. You need not just that belief, but the willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and to maintain to maintain that relationship, that new order of things. It's it's re, it's essential, and it's so worth the trip. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sarah. Would anyone else care to share on what was read? Good morning, Amy. Please go ahead, Penny. Okay, good morning, Amy. Good morning, everybody. Vision for you. Um, I'm I'm looking at this word, um, a way of living, that I would have the elements of a way of living, a way of life, precise directions, clear-cut, precise directions. Bill is describing to us, you know, um, not something we're just going to do while we try to get abstinent or while we're trying to, I don't know what, lose our weight or, or, or whatever till we get to our, to our normal weight size. It's, this is a way of life. This is something that we're going to do every single day, 24-7, if it's snowing, if it's raining, if it's my birthday, if it's Christmas, if I'm happy, if I'm unhappy, a way of life. Um, this is part of that spiritual experience, you know, a, w- a different way of looking at things, relating to things, perceiving things, um, and it answered all my problems, answered all my problems, and I love that. Somebody else talked about that. But then the last sentence of the second paragraph we read, I must turn in all things to the Father of light. And Bill always liked to use different words for higher power, God. He was, you know, a very creative writer. But Father of light, to me, is, is my higher power. For me, God. I must. There's no other, there's no other um, way to do this. I must turn in all things to the Father of light. And this is a spiritual experience for me. You know, I never did that. I would turn to my therapist. I would turn to, you know, my husband. I would turn to anything. The food. But uh, clear, precise, clear-cut directions. Thank you for letting me share. Okay, Penny. Would anyone else care to share on what was read? This it's is Janice. Uh, go ahead, Janice. Monica. And then Monica. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Yes, the promises of what's going to happen when I do the work. You know, Bill W. is visiting here with his schoolmate and fully acquainting him with his problems and his deficiencies. And he's making a list of people he had hurt or to whom he had felt resentment. And he's becoming entirely willing, entirely willing to go to those people and make amends. You know, this is the work that they're talking about. My friend promised when these things were done, you know, when these things were done, when the working of what would become the 12 steps were done, then, then I would have the elements at my disposal of a way of living that answered all my problems. But that freedom was not free. 
you know, that freedom was not free. It meant that I had to do some work. But what I was going to get in return was beyond measure. You know, he told Bill this, that in his experience, what had happened to him had been a transformation. You know, and what he had come away with was an honesty, a hope, an ability to act with courage, some integrity. You know, what we have come to know as the principle would now be the basis for how I was going to be living my life. You know, and humbly, yes, humbly, that that humility that was going to allow me to turn it all over daily, one day at a time, to turn it all over. Those were going to be the essential requirements that I was going to have to have. You know, that kind of willingness daily to be as honest as I can be and to turn over on a daily basis. But what I was going to get back, what I was going to get in return, I was going to be saved from that deep depression and that suicidal thinking and the problems in my relationships if I kept to, to this course, if I stayed the course. I stayed the course. Simple things, but not easy, we're told. A price had to be paid. You know, the destruction of that self that had been running the show, in my case, and in Bill's case, too. You know, in Bill's case, too, that self, 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 all of that that had not worked for him was going to now be transformed. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Monica, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, ditto to everything that Janice said. Um, My friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator. So what this is talking about, this sentence and this paragraph, is talking about step 12. And what is step 12? having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, the first part of step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. And this is step number 12 we're talking about. And like has been just said, you've got to work steps 1 through 11 before you can get to 12. But if, and you know, so that means taking actions, doing the work, putting the pen to paper, doing the fourth step inventory, giving this inventory away, you know, um, asking God to remove your defects in six and seven, and then eight, making your list of those you had harmed and being willing to go out and make amends, and number nine, definitely making amends, Um, and ten, 10 and 11, your, you know, your steps for your living your life every day. And it says, as a result of doing these steps, you will get a spiritual awakening, you know, a personality change. You are going to be different. You're going to think differently. You're going to react differently. God will remove the obsession of the mind from you. And he says, my friend promised, promised what hope for everyone? What hope when these things were done? I would enter upon a new relationship with my Creator. And it is so true. And working these steps gives you those elements of a new way of living. 
and it's beyond anything you can imagine. And it takes, what does it take? Number one, it takes willingness. Willingness to work these steps. Some honesty and some humility. And if you do this stuff, it works. And it's promised on 84. If you do this work, these promises will happen. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Would anyone else care to share on what was read? This is Katie. Uh, Kim, go ahead, then Katie. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. You know, this is a simple program. But I complicate it. I complicate it so much. The, there's very specific instructions in this first 164 pages, but I don't want to go all over the place. You know, a price had to be paid. You know, getting up early, rearranging our schedules so that we can be in this meeting at 7 a.m., it's not convenient. But yet, how many times? 2 a.m., if I was out of my bin shoes, my fuzzy slippers were coming on, and I was going out of the pool with a hurricane. You know, to try to have that discipline of prayer and meditation, to pray to God, get on my knees and pray to a higher power, that, that is inconvenient. But yet I would go in front of a toilet and I would kneel in front of that toilet and I would throw up in there all the time. So a price had to be paid, but the price is so worth it. You know, and I was someone, you know, maybe I'll pay the price. I want the results first and then I'll consider doing the actions necessary. You know, but we have to go into this program knowing we have to surrender. And I think of, uh, oops, I'm back on. I think of uh, there is a solution where it says, if you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may be asking, what do I have to do? It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. So if you are an alcoholic, if you have the allergy of the body, if you have the obsession of the mind, and you want to get over it, some of us don't. We're not ready yet. This is a simple program, but it's not easy. We not want to do the work. But once we understand that we are a compulsive overeater, once we want to get over it, what do I have to do? It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. And the price has to be paid, but the rewards are amazing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Katie, go ahead. Hi, I'm Katie, a compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, I'm just looking at this sentence, belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. Um, So I looked up the word maintain, and it's cause or enable to continue, um, keep at the same level or rate. And I think in Overeaters Anonymous, people come in to lose their weight. And then they want to just go back to some sort of level of um, being able to eat like other people. And this is not saying that you can, uh, that that will happen. (laughs) It doesn't say, you know, you'll stop your urges to to get drunk and then you'll be able to go and have a glass of wine with, uh, with your friends, you know, with the Red Hat Club once a month. I mean, it it doesn't say that. It says that we have to maintain, that God gives us the willingness, the honesty, and the humility to maintain 
our recovery. And that is given on a daily basis. Our relationship with God is not a one-time thing, as someone said earlier. It's something that has to be maintained every day. And, you know, I've had people in the past say, well, I got abstinent, but then this happened. Well, I got abstinent, but then that happened. And I did that myself. I thought that once I got abstinent that I wasn't going to have problems anymore, that I was going to know how to live life perfectly, that it was going to be easy. (laughs) The word easy is not in here, Um, certainly not in this paragraph. And, you know, that is not what we're promised. We are promised that God will walk through us, will walk with us through this life one day at a time. And that's a huge promise, and yet we miss it so many times because we want the easier, softer way. We want to know how to live our life that we never lived normally, for me anyway. I started compulsively overeating as early as I can remember my life. So my teens, my 20s were all filled with um, compulsive overeating and dieting and obsession. So I don't know how to have a normal relationship. I don't know how to raise my kids. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. And yet I have to, and I have to do that and be abstinent. But God promises in this uh, paragraph that he will give me enough willingness, honesty, and humility to maintain that, that I can maintain a normal body size, I can coexist with food by writing my food down, weighing and measuring, and doing all the things this, this program uh, directs me to do to coexist with food. And he will give me the willingness and humility to take care of my side of the street in my relationship and to live a productive and uh, great life. And uh, I'm very grateful with that I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Judy B. from Massachusetts. Go ahead, Judy. (coughs) This paragraph contains everything we need. You know, the promises. I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator, and I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things. Essential requirements. Uh, And then the last sentence in, in the next paragraph, I must turn in all things to the Father of light who presides over us. Excuse me. Uh, This just, I'm just thinking about my relationship with my creator. And no matter what happens, no matter what happens in life, we have to know um, that God is in charge and that God will make good from all and that we can totally, totally trust him. Um, I, I have to remember, and I've been saying over and over and over, uh, the quote from page 53, either God is everything or else he is nothing. We just We have to know that this creator who loves us will see us through anything that comes about. And um, it it doesn't change. He is in charge, and we can trust him. I must turn in all things to the Father of light who presides over us all. We have to know that 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 is the bottom line. We 
turn to the Father of Light. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Judy. Would anyone else care to share? Okay. Well, we will go ahead to the next paragraph. Penny E., if you would be so kind as to read the next paragraph. Thank you, Amy. Good morning. Penny E., a recovered compulsive overeater. Excuse me. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory, followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. And I'm going to pass. Thank you, Penny. Would anyone like to share on what was read, please? Don't forget to press star 1 to unmute. This is Janice. Go ahead, Janice. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. You know, these were revolutionary and drastic proposals. You know, the practical program of action did not look very simple and not very easy to me when I first started out. And that's, and that's what Bill is trying to tell us here, is that they look pretty drastic. They look pretty revolutionary. They look like something I had, up until that point, not had the courage to try, you know, to try to do these things, to turn my life upside down, inside out. But what choice did I have? The choices that I had been making were totally controlled by the food, the allergy of the body that we've been learning about. Thank God they put the doctor's opinion before Bill's story and then emphasize in Bill's story that lack of power that lack of power. And if you're anything like me, and I don't know if you are, but if you're anything like me, as a compulsive overeater, I had no power over the food anymore. The obsession of the mind kept me picking up again and again and again, despite the great desire and wish to stop. Once I got to that point where I wanted to stop, I could not stop. And Bill is at that point too. Bill was at the same point that I was, desperate to stop and unable to stop. And his experience had proven to him over and over and over again. After hospitalizations, pleadings from family and friends and doctors, knowing full well he was killing himself and unable to stop. So when presented with these revolutionary and drastic proposals, I jumped. I jumped. The moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. And for Bill W., you know, thank God, he had a sudden, a sudden, beautiful and and pretty wondrous spiritual experience. But for most of us, for me included, mine was going to be of the educational variety. And we'll learn about that too. You know, it doesn't say that every single one of us has to have an identical spiritual experience. 
but we will all have a spiritual experience as a result of working these steps. An awakening, an awakening. And for Bill, there was a sense of victory, a sense of victory that he could win out over this horrible destruction that had him in its grip. And it was followed for him by a peace and serenity as I had ever had ever known. And, you know, I've heard Bill W. talk about this experience in talks that he gave and in films that were made of him. And, and you can see it on his face and hear it in his voice. Even years and years later, what a profound experience this was for him. And I say, thank God for that. You know, and he says, God comes to most men gradually. We're going to have that educational variety. We're going to learn slowly but surely as we trudge this road. But for Bill, it was sudden. It was an impact, sudden and profound. Sudden and profound. And it started him on a path, on a road that he would travel, that other people could see and learn from his experience. And it changed him utterly and completely. And the work of the steps will change me utterly and completely. And you have that same opportunity as well. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else care to share what was read? This is Kim. Go ahead, Kim. Thanks, Amy. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals. You know, revolutionary, what does that mean? It means change. We have to change in this program. And we look, we look at these steps. I mean, I think of that OA opera. You know, me, 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 me. You know, four and five, we have to look at ourselves. We have to understand that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of our problem. You know, six and seven, those character defects, that's who I am. Who will I be without them? You know, eight and nine, I'm going to have to admit that I am wrong. You know, but why are we in this pain? What is going on? Why are we making such a heavy going of life? You know, I just came in here, give me the diet and let me the heck out. It's all about the weight, but it's not. It's these revolutionary and drastic proposals that are going to give us the freedom in life and in the food. You know, and the fact is, you know, they're not that drastic in relationship to more disease. I'll tell you what drastic is. Drastic is being in my early 20s and when I have to do laundry in my parents' house, I have to pace myself because going up and down the stairs, I get so out of breath. You know, drastic is finally losing the weight and not even having a menstrual cycle. And the doctor's saying, you've got to stop losing it, but I'm just so afraid of that first fight. You know, drastic is, is in the height of my bulimia was, you know, I would run nine miles on a Saturday morning and not be able to walk the rest of the weekend, but I had to run those nine miles because I had to get those calories burned. But yet, the idea of going through these steps seems drastic. You know, my disease was drastic. My disease was bringing me into that, that quicksand, that pit of hell. So I needed to change, and that's what this entire program is about. You know, the fellowship supports us, but these pages and these books are going to make those revolutionary changes, which it says will give me a peace and serenity I had never known. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else care to share on what was read? This is it's Paula Mashia. Go ahead, Paula. Thank you. 
you know, it says here clearly there was a sense of victory. Well, he knew victory before. We've seen that in Bill's life. You know, uh, the goose hung high. But this is different. Here the transformation, the change, followed by such peace and serenity as I had never known. He had never known this sense that with the victory came peace and serenity. And then he says there was utter confidence. Why the utter confidence now? He, he had no confidence at all. The confidence, the transformation, it wasn't in himself anymore. It was in God and what God could do and would do if he did his part. And he did. He paid the price. And then he said, I felt lifted up. There it is. No more torn down anymore. Lifted up as though the great clean wind, not just a wind, a clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. God comes to men, most men gradually, he says, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. God comes to us as, as our need is. Bill's was need was there. It says clearly on page 567 when we read that, among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rules. And then clearly, as was stated before, most of our experiences, what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety, because they develop slowly over a period of time. I don't care. Come slowly, come quickly. Just come. And it does, and to all. We do our part, and God does his. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to share what was read? It's Monica. Go ahead, Monica. Thank you, Amy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. So when Bill made that, um, when he accepted his powerlessness and decided to try this um steps that Ebby was telling him he needed to do. He had a sudden spiritual experience. God came to him suddenly and he had all of these feelings here. Peace, serenity, confidence. He felt lifted up. Wow. Most certainly the opposite of restless, irritable, and discontented. And aren't we lucky that Bill did have a sudden spiritual experience? But for most of us, like has already been said, for most of us it's going to be gradual. And it's going to be gradual when? It'll be gradual as we are working through the action steps. As we are working through the 12 steps of this program, you will get little light bulb moments here and there. It, was, it will slowly come to you. And as you look back over time, you will see that this has happened. And it's promised that if you do the work, you will have this spiritual awakening. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Would anyone else care to share on what was read? Good morning, it's Leah. Good morning, Leah. Go ahead. Hey, everybody. Good morning. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive reader. I wanted to just touch here on uh, 
there was utter confidence. You know, the big book teaches um, that having had gone through these steps, we're going to get to this place where uh, we're not fighting it anymore, neither are we avoiding temptation. You know, we feel like we've been in placed in a position of neutrality. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. You know, we are in a place of utter confidence. That's because our trust, reliance, and dependency is no longer on self. Our trust, reliance, and dependency is on God. We have tapped into an unsuspected inner resource. And it's no longer about... uh, me, myself, and I, it's no longer about our own wishes and demands and specifications. I mean, this is what Bill is articulating here. There was a sense of victory followed by a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. He was placed in a new position, you know, from a self-centered existence Bill was in conflict and collision with everybody and everything. He was in disharmony with himself. He was in disharmony with others. He was in disharmony with God. But through this revolutionary and drastic, through these revolutionary and drastic proposals, Bill had been transformed, yes, suddenly, and yes, spectacularly, and it's true, uh, That probably happens about 10%, this spiritual experience. A spiritual awakening is of a slower, more gradual process. But, But it results in the same, a personality change. It all means the same thing, psychic change, personality change, spiritual experience, spiritual awakening. They all mean a transformation of our thoughts, our ideas, our emotions, the way we interact with people, our outlook on life, it all means the same thing. Bill had gone from a self-centered existence where he was in disharmony with himself, disharmony with others, disharmony with God, and transformed through these proposals to a God-centered existence where now he is in harmony. He's in harmony with himself. He's in harmony with others. He's in harmony with God, and because his trust, reliance, and dependency is no longer on self, he has utter confidence. He's not cocky. He's not afraid. He's been lifted up by a power greater than himself. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Anyone else care to share on what was read? Press star one to unmute. Okay, Fran, would you like to go ahead and take the next paragraph, please? Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Fran, compulsive overeater. For a moment, I was alarmed and called my friend, the doctor, to ask if I was still sane. He listened in wonder as I talked. Finally, he shook his head, saying, Something has happened to you I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have had such experiences 
He knows that they are real. And I pass. Thank you, Fran. Would anyone care to share on what was read? This is Katie. Go ahead, Katie. I'm Katie, a compulsive overeater. And uh, something has happened to you. I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. And I I didn't have the experience of um, of anybody saying that to me because I was too afraid. I, did, I, I didn't believe that what was happening to me uh, when I finally got abstinent after six years of, of um, being in the rooms and wanting what other people had but not willing to do what they did, um, I didn't believe that I was going to be um, changed, that I was going to be recovered. Um, so I didn't talk about it as to everyone. or, uh, But in hindsight, I can see that I did have this type of a drastic change that one minute I was eating everything under the sun in front of me, and the next day I was in the same situation and I was at um, a place of neutrality, that I didn't have to pick it up, and that was miraculous. Um, and I have to hang on to that. And this program, I don't, I don't want people to get hung up and think that they're supposed to close their eyes and 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 open their eyes and suddenly they'll know that they've had this, this miracle happen to them because that doesn't always happen. I believe it happened to me, but I didn't know it happened to me at the time. It's only in hindsight, which he is writing in hindsight, although I do believe this conversation happened, and so it was like right away. Um, and, I, and maybe I did have that kind of conversation with my sponsor, but I still only had enough faith for a day. I didn't believe that it was going to last forever. And I was told, as we're told in these rooms, to just do what you're doing today. Just keep doing what you're doing today. God will reveal more to you. And so I just know that I spent a lot of time trying to grasp what other people had, other people's relationship in a higher power, and I I just could not get it that way. Um, So I just uh, am so grateful that it does come. We just have to keep coming back. Whoever's on this line today, there's a hundred and some people on this line. I have to believe that not all hundred and some people have put down the food. And you're coming to this meeting for a reason, reason, and I'm telling you that this is available for all of us. God is out there for all of us. And all you have to do is the next right thing, get a sponsor, get a food plan, and do the next right thing to put down the food. And God will reveal himself to you. This isn't something that's only for certain people. Um, this is a free program. It's simple, but it's not easy. With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone else care to share on what was read? This is Janice. Go ahead, Janice. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. You know, here he is talking to Dr. Silkworth after having had his sudden and profound experience. You know, he asked in his utter desperation that if there was a God, let you show yourself to me. You know, I need, I need help. You know, he gave that, that utter surrender and as a result had a spiritual experience 
that was entirely, entirely new and different for him. He'd never experienced anything like that before. In fact, he wondered if he was still sane. He wondered if he was still sane. And so he was talking to the doctor, Dr. Silkworth, about it. And remember, Dr. Silkworth had told us in the doctor's opinion that, you know, he had tried everything that his medical knowledge and his experience would would show him to try to help these alcoholics, to try to help Bill Wilson. You know, the moral psychology that they've tried, you know, as well as the physical treatments. And he's seeing something in Bill right here, right now, in this conversation that he had not ever seen before. Something has happened to you I don't understand, he said. You know, what humility for this very learned and experienced doctor to come right out and say, I don't understand what's happened to you, but you better hang on to it. He could see that there had been a change in Bill. Anything is better than the way you were, he said, utterly hopeless, without hope. And and this good doctor had seen so many who were without hope, but he's seen something different in Bill. And Bill tells us the good doctor now sees many men who have had such experiences. He knows that they are real. You know, so he's giving us a little glimpse into the future there of what's what's happening and what will become eventually Alcoholics Anonymous. And he's also telling us in hindsight about this conversation he had with the doctor where he was uncertain about what had happened to him, but he knew that something had happened to him. He could feel it. He could feel it. You know, thank God, thank God we are able to get this information written in his story so that we can see what's possible for us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Wouldn't anyone else care to share on what was read? This is Victoria in Minneapolis. Hi, this is Deborah. May I share? Uh, Go ahead, Victoria, and then we'll go to Deborah, please. Good morning. I'm a recovered overeater, Victoria, in Minneapolis. I want to comment on he knows that they were real. The experience being described here wasn't really understandable. And I think the the experience this experience was certainly true for me and maybe true for many other compulsive eaters that when my disease ran me over like a freight train, it became the most powerful thing in my reality. And it became inconceivable to believe that anything in the universe could be more powerful than that force which time and time and time again took me back to the food despite my promises, my commitments, my plans. And this is describing something which is real but cannot be understood. And it alludes to the mystery that is recovery, the mystery of a power that I cannot see I cannot hear in the language I speak often. Um, I, I cannot know in the same way I know 
other humans in my existence. There's mystery, and there's mystery in the way I'm changed, in the way I'm given the insights, the intuitive thoughts and inspirations. This was a beginning um, of answering the question for myself, will I believe what is real if I cannot understand it? Because so much of what happens, for me at least, in recovery has been real. It was true. It was happening. It was changing me from the inside out. But I could not understand it. And that remains true today, that there is a profound mystery in that power that gives me a freedom that I could never find on my own. But because I was a thinker um, and I needed explanations to be convinced of the real, I had to let go of that old idea that I had to understand something before it could be real. And if it was real to my experience, I learned through the second step that I could trust it. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Victoria. Deborah, go ahead, please. Thank you. Hi, my name is Deborah, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, Reflecting both on these are revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. I was the one who got the educational type of um, understanding of a higher power. I, too, was a thinker. I wanted to reason everything out. I wanted to put it in its compartment and have an explanation and why. And basically, I came to lose weight, and I learned not only how to find peace with my malady, but how to live life on life's terms without the crutch of food. And the big book and these writings um, helped me understand um, more of a a slow understanding because I didn't want to jump in and just I couldn't take that big leap of faith. But it's like you know, the faith of a mustard seed just for today. Can I be abstinent just for today? Just for today, can I surrender the binge foods, for me, the sugar, the flour, and the other things that drive me back to my addiction and allow this new process to understand it's a twofold disease that I have to put the food down and then begin to study and practice what is said here and really ingrained um, and let it kind of seep into my being so that as I read these words again and again, year after year, that but you had better hang on to it. And today, that is what I do. I hang on to this. It has been a incredible experience to move 
from thinking you I could never live without the food to a point of I couldn't live without it, I couldn't live with it, then to finally get desperate enough to be willing to do whatever it takes. And here I find out that 100 men and women had done this very thing back in 1935 and had gone through the pains and tribulations, wrote it down, these simple directions. They didn't say it was easy, but it is simple. It is very laid out, um, very, in my estimate only, that, you know, divinely guided that this plan was laid out that not only the alcoholic but I as a food addict can read these words and know that I had better hold on to what I understand this book to help me live life on life's terms, be grateful, and then work these steps and then continue to share that with others so that I may continue to keep the doors open for that next compulsive sufferer. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. And on that note, I'd like to thank everyone who has shared. We will now re- we will now close the meeting with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, Fran, would you be so kind as, I'm sorry, Judy B., would you be so kind as to read a vision for you, please? Certainly. Good morning. This is Judy B., compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. I will ask everyone, if you'd be so kind, to press star 1 to unmute so we can say the serenity prayer together. God, 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 serenity, serenity, the things I cannot change, the to know the difference, I will, not mine, not mine, done, 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 done,